Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Mage of the Awakening Chronicle Into the West. This is episode 23, Wandering the Wilderness. Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous, sponsored by Roll20, the Onyx Path, and viewers like you. Thank you very much to our Patreon patrons who support us monetarily, hang out with us, and uh, give us a little bit of cash. Uh, that we put towards upgrades and fixings and uh, character art that, I don't know, we might need to actually do a second round of character art soonish. Uh, it has been a year in-game. Uh, it's only been, wow, 20 weeks, half a year of mm -hmm. Into the West. But hey, thanks for joining us. Um, and yes, a special shout out to those patrons. Adele, Al, Alexander, Ang Falleth, Bernie, Blood Angel, Buck, Chris, Daniel, Doc the Undead, Doggo Deloon, Eclipse, Lunar Assassin, Emil, Fudzusu Roali, George, Jack, Jenny, John, uh, Josh, Julian, Catfeathers, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, Moku, Mozart, Dean Minor, Noba, Other Michael, Pants Free Council, yeah, I'm okay that that this was a repeat. That was that was a good one. Uh, Perry, Victor, yeah. Riafio, Ryan, Shaksara, Sina, Stupid Flexi Slanders. <laughs> I didn't even get stumbled on that one. Taryn, uh, Thomas, Toast, Usuf Sama, Vortex, and Zoltan. Thank you all very much for your support. It does mean a lot to us. Uh, also, European friends, um, sorry that the time may be slightly different because... Time changes are weird, so I think ours is coming up this next... Yeah, this Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So we will be back we in... We get extra sleep. But... Uh, yep. Hi. Just because nobody can get things organized. and tell you what. Put mages in charge. We'd get this all fixed up right away. Or there'd be prolonged arguments about it in a temporal pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much more of the latter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm glad it works. Yeah, we got some folks who are saying, hey, it's all right. We've got it makes them easier to be here. Well, we're glad you joined us. I guess it's true. Yeah, European folks, maybe. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <clears throat> when we last left our witch coven of Purgatory Bluff, uh, we were kind of all over the place and uh, we're probably going to still be all over the place. Uh, we had uh, criminal and uh, theft investigations by Sheriff Isabel. We had some... Uh, we would say soulful therapy, or at least the start of it. Some investigations with Baba Sarah and Legba. And Gisela set up her dad for a week. Hopefully, maybe, treating the symptom of the family's curse, setting her forward, uh, setting him up for a week of hopefully chill, normal luck. Didn't even beat extra luck, just regular, normal Every had, yep. Not cursed luck. Not cursed luck. Get, getting rid of the little weird fey moths. Uh, and uh, and then said, okay, bye mom, bye dad. Me and Rilla going out on a trip. Um, heading out into, well, nowhere specific other than the frontier. Um, I think that covers pretty much everything. So uh, we actually pick up with, uh, yeah, I guess Rilla and Gisela the following day, which uh, let me jump over here to Conca. I'm trying to remember what day it is. It's the day of reckoning. Well, that's uh, that's absolutely not the right date. Hang on. 
1846? I don't think so. Or at least a year later. 1847. Okay. 1847. There we go. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, so we'll... Yeah, then we'll set... Uh, we did say it was a Saturday after all. Um, so yeah, set is current day. We are Saturday, September... Not September. Oh, good lord. Uh, did I mention it's been a week? Saturday, May 23rd, 1847. Uh, bear in mind, we didn't actually talk about it very much because it didn't affect us too much up here in Colorado, but we did have the uh, Mexican... Um, uh, U.S. Uh, Mexican War kind of kick off um, and then end, I believe. Mm. Need to go double check my, my history books here, but... Uh, that is probably the big hullabaloo that has, you know, been the news that everybody's kind of been watching and tracking other than the, the local goings on. Not that this is in any way relevant today's episode. I promise. Um, <laughs> it's just, no, I mean, really? Uh, but yes. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought about that because it's the year time jump anyways yep okay <laughs> so Rilla okay and uh Rilla and Gisela packing up um and you did mention that you were grabbing uh the horse because hey you are going out hunting so that there is the potential to bring back some actually large yeah. game um are there any other notable supplies that you are taking um the gun um and like just camping supplies we need for a couple of days out sure. this is meant to be like a week-long trip Right. a couple days sure yeah with uh uh i mean basically because you got to be back by monday ish maybe sort of people understand you know if you're out there and have a but you know Rilla does have school um and fortunately you've you know kind of offloaded some of that's uh day job stuff to jules and of course your mom is there to take care of the goats maybe maybe mention it to theo because you know theo has a vested interest in the the care of those those goats um but yeah cool I mean, they'll be fine they just mostly feed themselves that's true yeah <laughs> it's just like there is grass go for it kid it's a goat joke anyways uh <laughs> uh so yeah um uh, and then i believe you were no you weren't even following the ley lines the idea was to just get out or yeah i was going to initially start like walking out along them mm -hmm. like pick a direction and walk along the ley line for a ways and then at a certain point turn just kind of find what's out there as and mm -hmm. okay cool um not gonna well away actually... from the river i think <laughs> yeah you've had well half of conversations with the river and just yeah let's just not Sure. Um, yeah, you might get an in invitation. Case, yeah. Um, in that case, basically, it's a, a question of... Um, well, actually, I guess, talking about the river, do you uh, go down to the other ley line that you know of, the, the big, uh, like I said, masculine earth, uh, one that crosses over near the hollow and heads south, um, or following the river just a little ways? I have some vague ideas of what's in different directions, so. Um, I'd say go south from the other one. Gotcha. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the two of you head out, good sturdy boots on, 
Um, yeah, because this is mostly an exploratory trip. Right. Uh, we want to see what's around. Um, not going to make you roll for it. Both of you are capable of turning that vision on. Um, not sacred geomancy. Is it sacred geomancy? Uh, sacred geometry. Yeah, that's geometry. That's the one. Yep. Um, turning that on a little. Geomancy lets you change it. Right. Um, turning that on and just to see them kind of, you know, uh, look at them and then immediately going, well, not immediately, but once you've started out, just whenever the mood hits you, actually, that's that's a good question. Do you use fate magic? Um, yeah, I like that. Just to sort of to see. I guess that would just be basically what serendipity is. It's like just whenever you feel it. Yes. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> now it's time to turn. Uh, serendipity basically helps you along a certain path. Um, okay. I mean, I know there's a spell that... Exceptional that luck is the one where you will come across something in the next 24 hours or if you spend the reach the next hour That's to come across is. a specific thing, which you can define however you wish. Um, but you can... Oh, no, that's what shifting shifting the odds is, not exceptional luck. Thank you. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. So was that your idea to cast that? And Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I just, when it feels like... Fate is For some you. reason, there's something that way. I'm I dig that. Go. Um, hmm. Yeah. Not worth... Because you're going to cast the spell one way or another. It's not worth walking through the trouble of how long it takes you to cast it. Um, so yeah, with, I guess, the whims of fate uh, guiding you, and that's exactly what I want to hear, because Weird got away with a lot of bullshit, because I've, I've, I didn't play fate very fairly. Uh, and it's like, oh yeah, in, in an hour this thing happens. It's like, wait, hang on. We could have a whole adventure in that hour. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the two of you, you know, uh, I imagine it's probably a fairly quiet walk for a little while. Just the whole, hey, we're out here looking at ley lines for a bit. And I, I think there's just this sudden. Actually, no, we're not even going to say that. There's like a ravine. There's there's a big, large, you know, section of well, desert, I guess, uh, wherein there's no immediate way across. Uh, so you are forced to turn south. Um, and uh, at this point, it's like, well, the ley line went off that way. Well, we're going off this way. And like, th there's just a little quick conversation about it. And once the two of you start walking off that way and deviating away from the ley line, Rilla looks over to you and goes... Do we know that this is... Do you get a vibe, a feeling that this is the the spell working? Is Because my, you know, I, I, I don't have a chill running down my back. But at the same time, this does seem kind of convenient. You wouldn't know, right? Because then the spell would end. Not necessarily, because you haven't necess you haven't found something supernatural, you know, or weird or out of the ordinary. Um, but you know, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think the shrug is probably the appropriate answer. Feels right. She she nods her head. Starts looking over the horse. And Rilla is definitely a city girl. So this whole idea of going out has got her nervous and a little concerned. But I'm Gisela, I'm sure is very listen. I we can handle this. No problem. Yeah. Um, but deviating and basically paralleling this rock and ravine uh, stuff that would just be a pain in the ass to try and traverse. You've got this long hill to go down. You've got a horse that you really don't want to take down there. You're risking, you know, injury to the to the animal. Uh, and that pathway, for lack of a better term, uh, leads you through some of the low hills of, you know, southeast, what is now Colorado. Um, and you find yourself looking out towards... I don't want to say a wagon camp because that gives it a sense of orderliness um, so much as a ramshackle collection of uh, open topped carts, some kind of classic covered wagons, tents and milling. Uh, but yeah, we'll just say men. Um, I don't think there's any women in their uh, their group. Um, definitely look the rough and ready sort that are, uh, you know. Well, actually, yeah, at this distance, you wouldn't necessarily know. You can definitely spot them out there. Um, they are much easier to spot, obviously, than the two of you are with a horse and your two bodies. They've got a fairly large camp maybe five or six tents, two or three of the bigger wagons and like three or four smaller wagons and a fair number of horses. Um, Maybe like a couple large oxen for like pulling some of the heavier stuff. But from here, you know, with no like binoculars or anything like that. Yeah, I'm regretting not having any horses. (laughs) But Rilla looks over at you and like has Uh, she she does, right? She's in a Brimos. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so she 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 stands there, looks over at you and like it's this grin that you've started to spot. I think <laughs> all of you have started to spot that mm-hmm. moment where Rilla is like, hey, 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 this I got this. Hang on. Um, I got it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things, especially, for, you know, prime. It's like, OK, well, Gisela can do that and Theo can do that. But forces right now, that's just her and uh yeah, no, I and Isabel. Um, and, you know, at this point, like, actually, hang on. I should actually go pull up Rilla's character sheet here. I'm, yeah, she's got the yeah, see what her rating is. zoom in and the one that will let you hear from far away, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she can just look at them and listen to them and see what's up with these people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For your guys' uh, information and. It should be visible to everybody. Yeah, I do have it um, unlocked on Kanka. Hey, guys, we, we do update Kanka. Uh, yeah, she has prime two, forces two, one fate, one mind, and one death. Um, oh, yeah. So she's she's kind of broadened out. Notably, she kind of... Generalist. Well, and notably, she picked up some of the stuff that everybody is, like, really into. And mm-hmm. last when you were working with her, she was trying to figure out spirit stuff. 
um, mm. as kind of the next thing that she was interested in. Um, the whole idea of her being like matter and, and Saturn, uh, sciencey stuff just went out my head when I started writing up her notes. Uh, <laughs> apparently, no, she's way more into the supernatural side of things. Anyways, uh, yes. Um, so she takes a minute, kind of concentrates, get gets her gets her head around uh, right, and you know she pulls out her various um, path tools, which are actually a lot of the stuff that she had with. Um, Mortimer um, and a couple things uh, at this point given to her because mm. all the Silver Ladder folks have left except for uh, Eggrock. Um, but, you know, various, very sciencey, very, you know, gold plated or a lot of them probably copper or bronze. Actually, wait, bronze, I think, is somebody else. Anyways, uh, very Abrimos scientific equipment as her um, path tools. Words today, folks. I apologize. Um, and then reaches over. I imagine you guys are, you know, on either side of the horse and reaches over and just lays her hand on yours. And all of a sudden, your vision just jumps out. Okay. Uh, she, she looks over and she's, you wanted to see them, right? I figured you would just tell me what you saw. But okay. It's, it's easy for, you know, this, this, we can we can both do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because with uh, Zoop. Yeah, with Forces 1, uh, she's got you out to... Wait, is it Forces 1 or Forces 2? It's a mile per potency. Forces 2. Thank you. It's alphabetical. It's at the end of the list. Anyways, uh, yes. Uh, so yes, out to, to two miles um, because that particular spell is written weird. Um, which, That's a typo that didn't get corrected. So yeah. it's to, it's per potency. Uh, yeah, for now, we'll just roll off that. But yeah, potency would be way better. Um, but yeah, I mean, at two miles, you can very clearly see um, this camp and she immediately starts laughing uh it's it's definitely more of a nervous laugh the folks that you're looking at these guys are very rough and tumble kind of folks um they're definitely not um military but a lot of them looks ex-military um uh potential uh deserters um or you know potential even that they are some kind of wild west paramilitary you know mercenary who knows what but there's there's a roughness to their clothing and stuff like that they clearly don't get into towns very often but most every one of them has you know some kind of you know pistol or carrying a rifle a lot of the clothes that most are wearing look uniform-esque in the fact that, you know, you got coats that are probably unbuttoned and, you know, open for the warmer air, uh, uh, more riding boots than necessarily shoes, uh, which makes sense if they're out this way. Um, and notably in one of the carts, you can actually see like an actual, for lack of a better term, Oh, what would it be? A box of 
religious ornamentation, uh, various thing uh, like one might loot from a Catholic church. Hmm. Uh, so there's a gold crucifix in there, uh, you know, potentially a you know more gilded esque um, cup. Uh, <laughs> oh, guys, you have no idea. Um, but yes, uh, definitely looks like these people have been up to no good. Um, Rilla's laugh, like I said, is is this very nervous? Oh God. Are you kidding? What have we run into? Yeah, kind of I'm thing. I'm gonna start like trying to hide. Sure. Yeah. Like we're gonna try to lay low, like pull the horse around behind like a rock or something, and like I don't want these people to see us. Right. Um. And just because now it be- becomes relative, uh, relevant, uh, survival or subterfuge or um, stealth. Uh. I've got three points in survival. That sounds like a pretty good one for you to find some cover. Oh, it's doing that thing where it doesn't highlight when I click. Oh, no. But if you check the roll... Yeah, it's there. Uh, Survival and wits. Uh, I like that, yeah. Dexterity would also be applicable. My wits is better. Oh, goodness. Okay, cool. Seven dice, seven successes. Seven dice, seven successes. I was like, there's no way. Nope, nope, that's, yep. Okay. It's kind of what uh, we call parody, everyone. So, not necessarily pulling on the shadow name, but Arachne being being sneaky spider, I'm a hide places. Um, yeah, very quickly kind of leads the horse and Rilla uh, around into some brush and stuff like that. Again, this is fairly flat, open stuff, but you've got some of these hills and these guys were literally just moments ago hidden from view because you're coming around this hill. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna come back around this hill and instead of coming around it, we're gonna go up over it a little bit. So just kind of peeking over and Rilla, Rilla is is not okay with this like peeking over again. It's like, no, can't we, we should just leave. Like, can we hear them um she hadn't done that yet but she could um do that um is that your suggestion yeah like you can let us see further can you let us hear further uh i mean yeah um potentially but i mean why is there anything we would actually want to hear from them i'm curious as to who they are I mean, they look like bandits or thieves or something. Um, she's definitely not stalling while I read over control sound. Um, I could have sworn there's something here for directing sound across a distance. I think it's um, control sound. Mm-hmm. I'm specifically. Oh, there it is. Scale Listening factor. to sounds across an area uses area of effect scale factor, determining the distance mm-hmm. at which they can listen in on something. Yeah. Isn't that what TuneIn is also? TuneIn is... Or does is, it only work on, like, radio waves? It's radio wave kind of stuff. But that's fine. This is... It's going to be a, a push for her to do, but she can definitely do this. Um, okay. Let's see here. It is a duration spell, but I don't think she needs potency. Okay. do 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 
Oops, not that. I need to actually build a spell template. All right, everybody vamp. So when we were doing the graveyard stuff, Legba and Theo found out about the murder in the mine. Is that something that yeah. Legba would be interested in pursuing or let sleeping dogs lie? No, absolutely. Uh, or I shouldn't say no. Absolutely. Those are contradictory responses. Legba's absolutely interested. And okay. I thought I thought I had expressed that in or out of character before. So okay. appreciate you for confirming. Yeah, definitely. Happy to help. Perry's saying, they're vampires. Oh, no. My thought was, are they vampire hunters? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's not stolen stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe they have those crucifixes legitimately for reasons. Come on. Sounds right. Uh, duration. They, they call themselves the priest posse. Legitimate crucifix is my favorite nine inch nails, I think. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Something about a band, yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how much scale they're going to need because campus is way too much city block yeah she might actually because campus well I mean fortunately because uh, she has zoom in on right sensory her sensory range. range is extended yes so. yeah I, I got so fixated on scale that I'm just that's just the area um mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. we don't need to listen to all of them all at once. Right. Yeah, so actually it doesn't need... But probably with advanced scale, it would be enough, considering that zoom in gives you greater sensory range. So then you cast it at sensory right. range. Okay. So that reach actually needs to be instant and duration and sensory range. And advanced scale. And advanced scale. Yep. Okay, she's got some overreach to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. And she has not yet adopted a dedicated magical tool. She hasn't been casting long enough, really, to have developed one. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a month. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's true. If she's been awakened for a year, she's definitely... Yeah, yeah she's had time, it, too. It'd be a surprise if she doesn't, because it's kind of intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're using the same thing over and over. Especially yeah. if the silver ladder explains exactly what a dedicated metrical yeah, tool is. the importance that they wanted us to avoid mistakes, so. I should figure out what mine is. It's true. Please do. Um, so, overreaching by three. Paradox is... Why do I do this Yikes. to me? <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right, Rilla, how's your wisdom? Well, she, but she had the dedicated hey, magical tool. She, she did, did have the dedicated magical tool. Thank you. Yep. So it'd be, it would have been one die. Right. So uh, in that case, yeah, no paradox. It's hard doing both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Gnosis Arcana is three. Uh, Yantra bonus, one from her dedicated magical tool that totally applies to this spell. And then uh, Concentration. Uh, giving her a total of six. Yeah. Roll it up, Rilla. Cool. So yeah, two successes. Um, and yeah, because of scale being area of effect, she can't actually cast this on somebody else. Well, I, I guess she's redirecting the sound there to here. Yeah. So no need for to cast it on uh, on Arachne. As you guys get into, oh, we're doing mage stuff. Uh, well, I guess 
I shouldn't assume that she's necessarily taken on Arachne as a, the persona at the moment. But immediately she and yeah, I guess she would point at, you know, what seems to be the central area of all the activity and those sounds come washing over. And it's, you know, mostly people moving and some distant conversation. But the little main spot uh, I actually hadn't thought about what dialogue they might be having. Uh, but yeah, it is definitely talks of where to next boss, um, you know, how are we going to distribute the loot? Various, very clearly banditry comments. Um, but amongst some of that conversation, especially because you're also able to look over and see things. Um, and while there's I enough... I do have a merit of Eye for the Strange. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, what do you have to roll for that? Uh, it's like a, look it up. It's What's a it called? type of a perception roll. Yeah, that lets hmm. you look at anything supernatural. Mm -hmm. And tell whether or not it's actually supernatural. Yeah, please double check that real quick. Because um, I know it's part of a like investigation, which you are definitely doing. Um, it's intelligence composure. Thank you. Yeah, intelligence plus composure identify evidence of supernatural involvement. Okay, yeah. So go ahead and roll that um, as you basically are investigating and gathering in some information and trying to see what they're what they may be up to. That'll be kind of at the end of cool. So that will we'll actually explain what that is at the end of some of this dialogue and stuff, the investigation itself. But yeah, very you know where are we headed to theft robbery kind of stuff, which definitely puts you on the line of, yeah, these may just be common bandits in a fairly large, you know, group, um, large enough from what you were seeing to actually be a, like potential threat to like Purgatory Bluff. Yeah, that's maybe if they were in a bubble. They mean yes. harm. If they mean harm to Purgatory Bluff, if they happen to wander upon Purgatory Bluff. Oh, OK. Right. Uh, yeah. If they That's don't come point, here with yeah. the intention of robbing, yeah. if they just stumble on us, then That's right. In. Yep. That's uh, true. Then they can rob once they're here. Yep. Uh, Ralph and I talked about the loophole, and I was very pleased. Um, yep. Didn't completely shut me out as a DM. Uh, but yeah, no, they... they <laughs> working together, right? Right. Um, they do very specifically make comments, actually, of they're not headed anywhere near Purgatory Bluff because the fort is up this way. Uh, they would have to head north, which brings them closer to the fort, which has the potential of, you know, running afoul of some form of actual military. Um, amongst their conversation, though, you do hear at a distance from where you're listening, the sounds of other people. Uh, there's the sounds of please let us go. There's the sound. Yeah. Um, the, the, the definite like, OK, these guys are not just carrying, you know, stolen goods. Um, and there's also the definite like sound of, you know, shut up, smack uh, kind of thing. 
it's not very clear because it's not exactly where you're listening. But yeah, it's definitely somebody is here and they don't want to be, uh, which like Rilla puts on a face because she went from let's just avoid these people to. Oh, oh how no. many do you think you could take? <laughs> I don't even think she's I don't think she's even at that level. Um, Forced who gives you invisibility. Yeah. Uh, the the sound spell like after hearing a couple things and like hearing some voices and you know people in pain the the sound spell ends suddenly um, as she just drops the spell um, and kind of grimaces and says I can make us invisible and 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 maybe sh- with without sound um, we won't be able to see or hear each other. Oh, wish the leg bed taught me how to telepathy. I'm not there <laughs> yet, though. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we like the, the stuff I don't care about, but like whoever's stuck there, we, we have to get them out, right? Yeah, I can make it more likely that we'll succeed. I mean, more likely is good. There's no like guaranteed success in in your wheelhouse in your bag. There is there. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet. We're we're not swinging miracle one time out. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, like shifting sands. If it doesn't work, we just do it again. See if it works this time. Okay. But I don't think I can do that yet. It's time three, right? Time three. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Um, second question. Do, do we get backup? Or do, I mean, because we have, and at this point, you know, you guys have been out here walking for two, three, four hours. Um, so there'd be the time back, back here. Not to mention whatever time it takes to get people, like, together. Like they may have yeah, moved on. I wouldn't on. want to risk losing them. Yeah. Okay. Sure. No, that's fine. This is totally our responsibility. We have, we have this awesome power. So there's this heavy responsibility on us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, wait until dark. Um. I mean, yeah. Um. That might help. Um, but like you said, we can be totally invisible. Um, so, you know, no shadows or anything. We just leave the horse here and we, we can sneak into camp full of armed men. Yeah. My worry is getting people out in the middle of the day. I mean, unless we get there, then you can also make them invisible. Could you? Depend. I mean, I can't. Stretching it, right? I mean, I can. I I mean, I definitely can, depending on how how many there are. But the fact that they're sleepers will complicate things, you know. But and and that's the other thing that Rilla is dancing around. She's trying to figure out how how do we do this? Can oh, I mean, maybe nighttime, but not because it's dark, but because maybe everybody will be asleep and they just wake up outside the camp 
I don't know how I'm gonna. You can you move a bunch of people? I mean, I think I might be able to. Can maybe make them weigh like nothing. Maybe. I mean, sure. I can't like teleport people. Time to eat them. What can you do? <laughs> I can bless our endeavors so we are more likely to succeed. This is fair. Um, the longer we spend planning, I can't use Fool's Russian. Which I feel, I feel like if one mentions casting Fool's Russian, you've officially like, oh, you yeah. can't do it. No. Um, okay, well... Like, I feel like we go for it now. I couldn't. That would be great if we do wait until nightfall. That's a longer planning period. Okay. So, and it wouldn't apply. So, so how about we make no plans and we just lay down and take a nap and rest. And then we'll just figure something out when sun sets. Kick that can. Sure. You can also use a convenient combo of shifting the odds and oaths fulfilled which then allows you to act at a moment that's convenient mm -hmm. so it wouldn't have to be shifting the odds specifically but the combination of a ruling spell and then a knowing spell in that regard if you don't know a specific trigger that would result in it being uh, ideal right? you can produce a circumstance in an hour that will reveal itself to you mm -hmm. and then you can act. Yeah, that's true. So I'm going to give Ash a little bit of time because she's away from town anyways to figure out what you want to do and we'll jump over to the rest of the witch coven and see what... I'm very upset. <laughs> they, that'll give you some time to help poor, poor, poor Layla. Layla. All right. So, um, yeah, we've got a couple different things going on over here with the uh, the other three. Um, mm -hmm. who's, who, who wants to step up front first? I don't know what I'm doing, so. Okay, <laughs> sure. I'm uh, going to sleep eventually. <laughs> you got to go in your head. <laughs> That's what I thought we were doing. Oh, yeah. So I didn't make any other plans. <laughs> I mean, that like very we're well go, maybe go on an astral walk and then he's ready to jump right in your old noggin. I mean, we can definitely start right there. Okay. Let us then. So where we left, left uh, Legba and Theo. They had come out of Theo's Oneros. And Theo had said to Legba that he's going to think, or she's going to think about um, her perspective on Inright and how that might influence her daemon, and therefore her interaction with her daemon. That, that, that's the sticking point. Hey, I don't want to hurt this person, but you're constantly telling me that I should hurt this person. So maybe if I can give them information that leads them to the perspective that hurting them isn't the best choice, then I won't have to deal with them yelling at me all the time, and I can have a better relationship with my daemon. So Legba had said to Theo while in Theo's Oneros that uh, Isabel needs some help. And uh, before he leaves, then, to, to um, place a little pin on that, Legba will say to Theo, I need to prepare myself for what I believe is a new responsibility. And over the course of the past year, 
I've been looking, trying to understand how the structure and shape of my soul might facilitate this mantle that Legba has gifted me with. And I think I know what that is. I can't tell you exactly what the outcome will be, but I think I know where to take the first step. Do you need some help with that? Hmm. This will be a personal journey, and I don't know what happens, but if you wish to come along, I would be grateful for you. Sure. I am uh, something of a student of souls, so I probably don't have your experience, but... Well, our combined knowledge and experience, I think, takes us to wonderful places, as we've learned before in the graveyard. You guys have the internal and external views of the soul, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and to clarify, just make sure I'm on the same page. Um, Ralph, are we talking about the Temenos journey? Yes. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, dope. Um, which, uh, as I believe I mentioned to you, that we're going to do is kind of vignettes um, rather than yes. a step-by-step thing, just because... Mm-hmm. Um, a, that's kind of how the Tomatoes works, and B, yeah. be a little bit more uh, adventureful instead of you guys here, you go here, you go here. Um, yeah. uh, do you guys basically take off from there, which technically I guess would have been Friday? Uh, yeah. Sure. Cool. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, what? Uh, and this is. In, in support of the, the legacy attainments that I want to talk with you about in more detail, but mm-hmm. Legba casts um, an improvised spell to try and allow himself to retain perception of the fallen world while they're in the astral. Mm-hmm. Very easy to do. Cool. So he does that. Um, Actually, I don't so that... know if it's... Well, what, what did you say? Ruling? No, no, I didn't say ruling. Okay, I think it's a, it's a, it'd be a compelling spell. I just said it'd be an improvised spell. Oh, improvised spell, yeah, yeah. The practice of compelling is basically a version of one mind, two thoughts. Mm-hmm. Considering an astral journey is an extended mental action. Yep. So um, he cast that, and I'm happy to roll it if you like. Nah. Okay, so he cast that on both of them, right? Okay, so it's, that they can retain perception. It's kind and of the reason why he wants. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just it's kind of like setting up a subprocessor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Instantiating and the purpose, receptionist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he wants. Um, he's then going to ask Theo uh, if. Well, I'll do this in character. So he casts a spell, one mind, two thoughts, and he says, "We now have the ability to retain our perceptions in the fallen world while we are going on this astral journey." The gears are turning. Okay. Which means that if you help me see what you see, we can both watch my soul while we go on this journey. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> this is this is the definition of meta, and I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she... Pause for a moment, like, um, no, actually, I don't, but that's okay. I'm sure it'll become clear as we go along. Something will happen that I know. Oh, I have no doubt of that. 
Uh, and so you're suggesting that she cast soul marks. Yeah. I'm suggesting that she casts two things uh, out of character because Legba doesn't know that. Eh, well, I mean, if, if the diamond shared it with us, but um, shared sight to provide death sight because Theo, if I understand correctly, has prime one now, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, and soul marks. Is shared sight really just one dot? Mm-hmm. It's one dot. If you have prime one, then if you have other arcana, you can give the sight of those other arcana. Can allow them to see it with their path of Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, right. So, Versus apocalypse. Thank you. Which mm-hmm. gives yes. you. Okay, that's yep. that's where I, I was. I don't see shared sight, but I see supernal vision. Shared mm-hmm. sight and it's in science uh, of sorcery. Science of sorcery. Oh. Okay. Yep. That's right. It does cost you one mana. Uh, mm-hmm per per subject so but since it's only uh only cloak who needs to borrow your death site uh it's just one mana and then um i'm also going to cast telepathy so that i can share images of what i perceive through mind and death okay and we can we can discuss these images. So I don't expect this to be a constant flow that we're both paying attention to, but because we have a lot of time during the astral journeys and crossing the thresholds, and that in pho- phenomenological time, right, things are proceeding relatively quickly. But Theo and Legba have to sit there kind of patiently and thinking through things. So it might be a, a lengthy process of sh- sharing and discussing these images, but we can have a conversation about what's happening by... Um, presenting each other with our respective understandings. Cool. Um, yeah, that's just a resolve thing. The only thing that... Sorry, I'm hearing a weird squeaking sound, and I think it's just my own jaw. Uh, <laughs> um, is, I think at this point, Considering the sheer amount of information that you all are passing back and forth um, mm-hmm. between the the you know one mind two thoughts, having okay we're we're handling two different mental processes, but then yeah. we're adding in telepathy to talk and converse. Um, well, just to be clear, uh, keep going with where you're going, right? But um, I want that to be just images. Just sense impressions. Sure. So. Um, I mean, the, it's still additional information. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I just wanted to clarify. So now you're effectively perceiving the astro. You're perceiving the real world. You're per- perceiving these telepathic images on top of mage sight. Um, I am going like mage sight alone is a minus two. Yeah. We're, we're definitely talking like we're probably rolling minus four for this the the amount of stuff you guys are juggling it is absolutely possible it's magic after all but there is going to be mm-hmm. some deficit that you guys are dealing with just to make sure Sounds we're good. clear on that oh yeah totally okay i think you'll like the caveats i put in the, the legacy version of this too so based on what you just said um yeah um let us go ahead and uh roll that up because i think cool. actually will it matter too much I'm trying to think if Failure is going to matter, and, well, the reach isn't really going to be a problem. Because I don't think, well, yeah, because we've got the domain to help with the death. 
Yeah, screw it. <laughs> also, right, I cool. uh, we don't have that kind of time. There's like four different spells. <laughs> um, but yeah, establishing this shared vision, uh, which, like I said, is definitely going to be it's it's a lot of stuff going on in your heads. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, we have layer one of vision, layer two of vision, layer yeah. three of vision, <laughs> you know, kind yeah, of I all. Think- all stacked up in your head. The one thing I am curious about is the Amagos that you guys have for how, do, how are you now perceiving this stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, and notably, cause we've talked about um, Theo, you seeing people's soul marks, but what do they actually look like to you? And therefore um, what is uh Legba going to be seeing when using this uh, shared uh, no soul marks and shared site? Well, I guess shared site wouldn't matter because that's a that's about by your path. Um, and I, I think that um, how she would visualize it will have changed a little since she's acquired Prime. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a, um, she'll actually see like supernal symbols sort of orbiting around somebody mm. um, for the various flags and things that she's looking for. Um, and and whatever she's focusing on, that would be the symbol that would end up being highlighted if it's present, or otherwise it'll just be kind of just fog, mass. sort of yeah, the matrix flow of supernal sure. symbols. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Uh, and yeah, because you guys have all the time in the world, um, and yeah, so you actually basically step back onto the path into the Oniros, uh, but instead of Heading to the Oniros, um, you guys continue your walk into the Temenos um, with what initial destination in mind? Purgatory Bluff. It's a pretty good one, and it's one that you're familiar with. Um, now, here's my question. Craig, does, does Theo stay the course to, to Purgatory Bluff or potentially get distracted, sidelined? Or is she like, no, no, head to Purgatory Bluff? I think she's kind of focused on following Okay. Bud. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys arrive in Purgatory Bluff. This, I wouldn't say characterized, uh, caricature, uh, but it is definitely, you know, a little on the fuzzy side um a lot of the really minute details that people don't think about aren't there for instance like just looking at the ground it is all this kind of smooth almost glassy texture it's like yeah it's it's dirt nobody cares about that uh people don't talk about the fact that the road is dirt um there is however like this big puddle that's just off center from the tavern that like just for whatever reason the water and mud always ends up there and there's that stupid puddle and everybody talks about it because uh, it's the <laughs> one that irritates people and you got to be careful when you're stepping yeah. off the sidewalk or the board walk board porch um, and you know different other little things like that um, the various characters of the uh, of the town you know wander about living their lives uh, fairly ordinarily, ordinarily. Uh, as we mentioned, Warner Enright is the only real person here who has a like self-aware goetic 
uh, representation, personality, um, and you know, at this point now, uh, you know, Legba has kind of not necessarily put him in his place, but basically said, "Listen, you're not like I'm not bowing to you. You're not God here." Um, over the past year of visiting. But yeah, so you guys step out into there, which I think for Babasera is going to be the first time arriving here. Okay, cool. And we'll come back to you because, Craig, I also need to know what you look like in the astral because we mm-hmm. we skimmed over that a little bit when we were visiting your own Neros. But, oh. Yes, so think over that. And also what your Amnion, your armor, may appear as. So mm-hmm. Yes, if we end up going into the Anima Mundi. Um, or just at all because the Amnion is useful if you get into a fight. That's a good point. Yeah, you can ca- you can activate anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theo is uh, fairly wraith-like in appearance, like you know, cowl and deep shadows. You can still see a face and stuff, but like the black robe is kind of frayed at the edges, and the sleeves are just a little too long, um, and that kind of thing. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, I'm going to jump over to Chris momentarily. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mostly because I'm kind of curious because uh, we talked about it off. Actually, did we talk about it mm-hmm. on screen about your lack of obsession? Uh, I can't okay. Remember. But yes, currently Isabel. We talked about it on screen. Yeah, Isabel. Yeah, now it's on screen. Uh, Isabel currently has no obsession. And I'm kind of curious right. if that has affected her behavior at all um, in your head or specifically petrichor and a lack um i think the lack of a new obsession combined with like tapped out resources as far as like new things to learn for the things that she's interested in mm-hmm. at least um has made her frustrated mm-hmm. sort of on the on the magical well-being front um, and um, so she's probably been as far as Petricor goes more uh, domineering with some of the spirits that are around mm-hmm um, and this has probably harmed her. Uh, uh, I don't know reputation. I'll leave. I'll leave it to you. Whether it's harm or whether it's just like, oh no, actually she's very strong. Don't, <laughs> she's don't acted like her. a spirit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Gotcha. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, so for Isabel, it's probably fairly. I'm, I'm trying to get a gauge of, notably because we're picking up with Jules um, and Isabel. I'm kind of curious how, well, yeah, actually, you can just tell me how she's been behaving around him because we they have that ver- very weird relationship that we're going to touch on a little bit. Um, I know I'm also yeah, putting you on the I spot, mean, so. <laughs> no, no, it's fine because uh, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, I think it's very much that she is interested in him. 
Um, and sees him as a good ally in the coven. Um, especially um, like as her closest ally in the coven, I think is probably the, the way mm-hmm. to phrase it. Um, in terms of spirit, everyone. he's the only other person who right. does spirit stuff. Right. Um, and no one's done any life either. So, like, the only mm-hmm. other, like, commonality point is Rilla learning some, is Rilla learning forces. And even then, I think she's, her, like, methodical science layer on top of the Abrimos is way too much for Isabel. It's like, it's, no, no, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> God, God just kind of made it this way. It's fine. Uh, and so, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's wanting to, to lean more on him for support, but also being, uh, petrified of losing people again (laughs) and being unable to reconcile those two things currently. So that's why it's it's been like, she, she you know gets to know him more she gets closer and then she pulls back for a week and like been a lot of a lot of plateau and 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 stalemate kind of stuff with the relationship cool because i know exactly how jules handles that uh because jules is is all in the poor guy um and it's like oh oh did i do something wrong um there's a lovely lovely video um out there and i'll see if i can find it and post it on discord of the guy when like his wife calls him by his first name. It's like, hey, Michael, just because I like calling out Michael. Can you get me a drink? And he looks and he looks and it's like, did I did I do something? He checks the calendar. It's terrific. I'll, I'll, I'll show you it. But yeah, because that's that's kind of the behavior Jules has got. He's like, what did I do? Um, oh, poor baby. Oh, yeah. Nothing. He didn't do anything. Yep. What have you done to this boy? Yep. He's fine. Um, but yeah, notably, uh, we pick up uh, with just a little short interlude here of, um, yeah, Jules at the tavern, you know, sitting down to eat with you. Um, uh-huh. It's, you know, it's been a year and it's kind right. of established uh, at this point. Actually, I guess I should kind of look over at uh, Gisela. Has Gisela expressed any like romantic interest in Jules? No. Okay, that's that's what I, I that's the vibe I had gotten. But I was like, let me just clarify. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of this established like Jules and Isabel are kind of a thing, but also not. And it's, you know, like amongst like all the gossip, it's frequently is like, OK, are they, you know, oh, no, they, they 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 they're they're not talking right now. Oh, no, no, they're talking, but Isabel isn't talking to him. Yeah, a lot of this back and forth. And it's just, it's the running commentary. It's, you know, one of the... people make sure to talk about it real quiet. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, It's it's definitely (laughs) one of those things that I don't... (laughs) Well, Isabel has probably heard, but probably doesn't quite know to the extent. The the rest of the coven, you all probably know. Uh, The town (laughs) talks about it quite a bit. But yeah, out out of Sheriff Isabel's ears... Um, but, uh, yeah, the two of you sitting down at, uh, you know, at the tavern, uh, you know, not one of the nights that you're needed to work. Um, so it's full Sheriff Isabel all day, um, uh, mm-hmm. just finished with a John Quayman thing. And, uh, you know, Jules is looking across the table at you and, uh, 
this is very awkward, like trying to make conversation and uh, he's so, uh, so how's uh, um, Alphoth or, you know, Ganem, how's, how's, how's that stuff? They're the same. Okay. <laughs> She's like poking at his food a little bit. Um, no, like that's they're they're all they're always they don't they don't change they don't grow. It takes something monumental for one of them to to change to. I want I want to use the phrase level up, but that's totally not right. <laughs> right to advance to advance. Um, and nothing Lay down, baby. here Lay down, baby. changes enough for that. I mean, the, the, the kind of storm, the, the size of storm that Alphoth would need to grow from, that's, <laughs> would not be good for oh. the land. Say because I've, I've much less the people in it. I've heard stories, you know, we we, we could figure a ritual out and, and then like immediately stops and looks and is like, though, that's probably just something that you can just whip up. Hmm. There are limits to how big an area I can affect. She would absolutely know this, like, she would have found like the max max area of effect right the, the one time was like i'm How, just gonna make yeah. a really large light drizzle <laughs> right um if there's if there's another way to do it or uh, a more natural ritual um then then yes that could potentially be a different avenue to well pursue but there's um there's a natural occurring storm uh that that originates uh for our, for my terms we're going to use gulf of mexico but who knows what the actual term was back then um that uh is is absolutely monstrous in size there's numerous records they hit you know sometimes multiple times a year so i mean is that like the kind of thing that Alphoth would need something that you'd have to bring up here um you're talking about a hurricane yeah yeah that and bring one up here to you know the the frontier you know at least purgatory bluff we can you can actually have everybody prepared for it. She like <laughs> in her mind is just like sort of gazing out on the land around it and the like absolute zero shelter from <laughs> hurricane winds that would happen. Just how all of the houses would be torn down. Unless they use It's interesting that crucible. he's assuming that Alphoth has a need <laughs> to progress. Well, their spirits, they want it. Like they're very predatory getting, getting bigger and fatter and happier is always the only goal mm -hmm. um 
<sighs> it's a good it's a good thought. Maybe maybe not on Here. purgatory. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, that might be right. a better idea. It's <laughs> like Jules 100%. Great idea guy, not necessarily does all the follow through and the thinking. I'll uh I'll talk with uh Egrock and Benito. Like, and he knows talking about them is probably a sore subject for, for Isabel. Uh, but, you know, mentions, you know, see if there's, you know, some kind of, you know, way to bring that level of storm out here to the the frontier. Like that, then he gets the look that you've seen in mage eyes before where it's like, ooh, what would happen if... Need a little fate magic, little forces. Use a little sympathy. Targeting it though. (laughs) Yeah, that's the hard part. Skills like what? Well, in this Um, in this particular case, we're definitely talking fallen magic ritual shit. Yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. Summoned it up with a ritual. (laughs) Is that? And like you, you can see him grab onto this idea. The more like watching your face, and it's like this is this, this is the kind of thing that you'd need. Yeah, I think so. So he grins. You actually start dealing to, with something. Hmm? I said it would be a new experience, certainly. Yeah, so very like pleased with himself, starting to make plans in his head. Um, you know, starts. And, starts uh, I'm going to give my I girlfriend think... a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isabel has cool. taken to keeping, I would say, probably half her mana pool as storm essence, mm-hmm. and just letting it ride. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I think that just the the thought of a storm that big and what she could do with it. The the, and the slight subtle difference in essence. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for for a brief second there, you know, her hair starts to like, <laughs> like lift up a little bit, and like, cool. like a, a single little like bolt of lightning cracks across her finger, uh, and it's like okay, yeah. Cool. Um, Jules now has a side quest. Um, Hell yeah. (laughs) uh, Ash, jumping over to your Fool's Rush in there. um, Are you spending uh, any mana or ink or uh, using your dedicated magical tool on that? Uh, Yes. Um, If you're a dedicated magical tool, I want to have have a silver needle. Very easy to get hold of. Yeah, now... Hmm. I feel like it serves as a rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, control. Yeah. Small, but, yeah. Cool. So, that reduces our paradox down to chance time. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. Still rolling eight. Oh, yeah, because that's re- you did recover your wisdom. <laughs> well, I there guess we that's go. good. Sure. Yeah. Eight, eight dice, one success. This bodes well for your 
uh, <laughs> for your yeah for your uh, rescue mission. Okay, and so the spell gives you a dice bonus equal to potency for a number of rolls equal to potency, mm-hmm. and it's a duration spell. Mm-hmm. So my reaches, I have instant uh, scale to cover both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced duration, mm-hmm. which because and, it's a duration um, spell is going to last all day plus yeah. some. I just needed it to last more than three seconds. And that was the last one. Do I need advanced potency? Um, only if you are worried about it being dispelled or uh, clashed. Okay. So I didn't need a fourth reach. Okay. Uh, what was... I'm pulling it up just to double check. Um... Oh, no. I needed the one reach for the plus one reach bonus. Which is what gives you the bonus equal to potency for the number of rolls equal to potency. Right. Yeah, and you have no uh, no untrained penalties, and you also increase subject impression level by one. Perfect. Okay, and so I'm using willpower. Five, one, seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the minus four for potency, does that make it two or does that make it two or three? Three, because it starts with one potency. It starts at one. Yeah. Two successes. All you need. Success. Good enough. Um, And I imagine, like I said, you guys, it was a little nap, just kind of chilling. Sun goes down enough that like, well, actually... If you're waiting for everybody to be asleep, it was probably like we're gonna wait until it's like dark, as opposed to sundown. Yeah. And I feel like they'll probably still have like people on watch, but that's why we're gonna be invisible. Gotcha. And yeah, we're just gonna kind of invisible. I, I did have one other spell I wanted. I wanted um. Where is it? Let's you find someone. Shifting the odds that can do that. Yes. And I was going to specifically look for captives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, bum, bum, bum. Or would that negate the fool's Russian bonus? Mm, no. Okay. Um, because, I mean, you can cast fool's Russian and then say, and take me there. Now, that said, because of the reach on that, it'll be within an hour. Um, the camp isn't that big uh, to to like actually search through. Um, okay. Yeah, I was just worried about like getting caught while sifting through and, <laughs> and not like going straight to the right people. Mm-hmm. But if I still can't, if I can't make it happen, well, it says. You could just cast um, red light, green light. Casting the spell looking for a kind of person in a crowd or an item anywhere it could appear is usually enough to immediately succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sorry, specifically the one reach is what I'm saying you don't need because it's not going to take you an hour to search the place. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, we whip up a... Oh, you know what? I'm the DM. I'm just rolling. Uh... I'm glad you finally realized that title. Well, it's one of those things of like I try to play, you know, on par, especially with like, you know, 
other mages, but yeah, some of the stuff, you know, I, maybe I just stop rolling stuff and I just say things. You can just happen. say it happens. Just less fair when it's the bad guys doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So good stuff. Um, Man, I'm overreaching my one for this, I think, because I have instant scale duration. Um, scale is not necessary. Well, if I want it to go on me and Rillaboth. Oh, okay. Sure. Just one to reach. Because once we are invisible, we can't communicate with each other at all. So, uh, yeah, uh, you, uh, because she's going to cast two spells um, to basically remove your sound and visibility. Um, so, yes. So, yeah, I'm trying to buff us up so that we can then just be completely independent and get the job That's done. That's smart. So, I need to roll. That's for me, that one? Mm-hmm. Yes, the one dice, yeah, was your paradox. Oh, actually, it should have been higher. Yeah, but then the, par- uh, the dead kid magical, magical tool, tool takes it away. Two. So it should be a chance die. Yep. Oh, so then it's not a success. Mm-hmm. If it's chance well, die. Plus one overreach. Mm-hmm. Plus one. And plus one. one. Oh, yeah, minus two, overreach. zero. Yep. Okay, yeah, so it was a chance die. Yep. Thank you, Ralph. Okay, so for You're the welcome. spell, five, eight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, now, this is where we will get into Fool's Rush In. Yeah. yeah taking the no. time to prep again and cast it again. No. Okay, well, we're just going to trust yep. we can now, what, recognize captives. Uh, right. And now, fortunately... You know, captives versus the people walking around with guns. But yes. Now, the one thing is, as you know, uh, she's already made you invisible um, and is waiting for you to finish that last spell. And she says, "Okay," and then, you know, here goes, touches you and all the sound from her motion. Like, and it's all the little stuff that you don't even realize you hear just drops away. But then she keeps her hand on you like it slides down to a, a little handhold and like she walks forward a little bit and then kind of nudges you forward to take the lead because you're the one who knows, you're the frontier girl and so she's hanging on behind and just like okay because we could we could do you know some hand tug stuff um is if it like there you you can come you can communicate a lot with hand tugs and <laughs> anybody who's actually walked with somebody is like hey no we're going this way or walking through a mall like are we going to pass these oh, folks yeah. to the left or the right because they're walking really slow um mm-hmm. so much you can communicate <laughs> anyways um okay so yeah we're just gonna Head on in. Uh, I um, am going to ask you to roll, and you're going to have a bunch of buffs on this anyways, but a stealth check, because uh, while sound and uh, light is diminished, you're still moving across dirt. That may make some sound. Sa- oh, well, it mm. won't make some sound, but... Leaving footprints. Footprints, knocking into things, uh, brushing against brush, stuff like that. Dust from, um, dust from walking and stuff. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, that would be subterfuge then? Um, subterfuge is very much the social side, so we're definitely leaning... Uh, survival would work, or stealth, uh, and we are leaning on dexterity at this point. This is literally how you are physically moving. Uh, I'm gonna go for survival then. Because... Okay. Right, and like I said, either in this... Trying to move without making It's the same kind of stuff like you would do for hunt. Gray. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fox uh, and then you will have bonuses of from... 
uh, your fools rush in. Um, the well, potentially so could. Sorry, uh, yes. Yeah, if this is like the roll to get us into the camp without getting noticed, I yep. definitely want to use one. Yeah. So it's plus three. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah. Cool. There's yeah. Uh, so yeah, with the the two of you, you know, hand in hand, and there's a little guidance and tug, and you know, somebody like somebody is coming because as you do get over there, uh, which is a, it's a little bit of that walk initial, which you're not really concerned about. It's just don't trip and fall into a hole initially. But once you're closer, yeah, you've got a little bit of. Uh, uh, Firelight from a couple different fires. Uh, there's a couple lamps that are set up. Uh, these guys do have. It's not a great like con- militarized patrol, but you definitely have several folks who are clearly on patrol. And the fact that they're wandering, they're walking, several are smoking. There's definitely one guy who is on patrol, but is absolutely drinking. Um, but they're definitely moving in and around the camp. You hear snores coming from various tents um, and getting in amongst the middle of it. You can see there's other stuff that is clearly also probably stolen stuff. Uh, You can see like there's a small crate of, you know, dynamite um, or some other similar uh, compound. Don't yell at me, history nerds. Um, There's like a box that looks like it's got the same kind of actually you've probably seen them uh on the ship uh as they come in of lock boxes of like pay um and some various other stuff like that that are like clearly stolen stuff um as well as some more art type of objects like was stolen from the uh from a church or something like that um near the center you've got the you know main campfire where the majority of folks are now passed out nearby for those who don't have tents and the sheer mix batch of tents is it's very clearly if somebody has a tent it's because it's their tent they took it or bought it or however and there's not tents provided for everybody and they're definitely not in military rows so you've got you know half a dozen maybe more folks passed out wrapped up in blankets or jackets or whatever near this kind of fire that's dying down um, and close to the same space where Rilla had sent, brought sound from. And, you know, generally speaking, somewhere around here is where the captives were. Um, and that is where we'll pause so I can get more coffee. Um, and we have a good, eh, it's not really a cliffhanger, it's the middle of the episode, who cares? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you being ambivalent about your own story. <laughs> well, no, the cliffhanger part. Uh, I still enjoy the, right. the story, but um, <laughs> fair. I stole it. It's mine. Yep. <laughs> well, you take somebody's tent. Well, now it's your tent. Um, it's your tent. Yeah. Uh, no, anyways, um, thank you all for. Wait, no, that's the outro. YouTube guys, yeah, we doing? Don't blink, Twitch guys. You know, get up, move, get some coffee, stuff like that. We'll be right back. See you in a little bit. Welcome back, YouTube folks. Uh, nothing happened in the break. <clears throat> uh, Twitch guys is just our little secret. Uh, so yes, we pick up with uh, Gisela here at you know the middle of the camp, um, 
Uh, actually, I should clarify um, because we are moving into doing magic-y, sneaky stuff. Does Gizula put on the, the Arachne persona um, or do you think this is kind of outside of her uh, vibe? I mean, she's definitely using it for the the prep spells and sort of like weaving in a, mm-hmm. a good luck fate into this. I don't know if this in particular fits. Gotcha. Because sure. I'm not planning on messing with people's fates, fates. in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, some of that is both the spellcast side, but is also the like the things that you do, not necessarily mm. the, the spell casting. So just something to think about. And because you've got you still just have the one dot, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just a, a baby shot at him. Yeah, so it's still something that's in development. So yeah. Uh but yes, we pick up there standing next to sleeping men, you know, blankets, you know, all of them you you know can see clearly have while not necessarily a pillow, but, you know, a bundle of clothes or whatever. And all of them are armed or are nearby to arms. Uh, these guys are definitely clearly, uh, if not necessarily paranoid, but they are, you know, ex- ready to expect trouble. Um, Rilla's hand has gotten as increasingly tighter grip uh, as you have moved into uh, this space. As for finding the uh, uh, the captives, um, let's go ahead and get a wits plus composure roll, please. Um, and I'm basing the ideas that you went straight towards where the sound was, and then you're working from there because you yeah because we, they were near here right. So go to the middle and start like sort of spiraling out. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Uh, I was basing that on a count of five. So it takes you about two or three minutes. Well, we'll say two minutes um, of moving. OK, well, they're not clearly right here and starting to move around, um, checking some of the smaller tents, which very quickly you realize almost all these small tents are like one person. Um and there's a larger tent that initially kind of skipped past because it seems, you know, the kind of command tent kind of thing. Seemed but, important. Yeah. Right. But at this point, it's like, okay, well, that's the only other place that you haven't checked yet. And there are some sounds coming from there. And so we, you know, draw back the tent curtain, which is, again, one of those, like, this is something other people can see. And it's just a little bit of a peek in kind of thing. No lamps, no lights in here whatsoever. Um, but Rilla like gives you gives your hand another little squeeze and then kind of nudges you in like towards it and like is clearly like staying on the outside of the tent. I'm trying to think of the best way to do this because I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um. I was thinking of like if we could like go along the outside and untie it. Sure. So yeah, you kind of like shove back. It's like no, hell no. Um, and so like try and like unfasten like the bottom kind of. Yeah, to sort of 
give them a way out. Gotcha. If it if they are in there, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, especially you know, two of you invisible and soundless is you know there are these big toggles tied to you know stakes in the ground and undo this one here, undo this one here. You both stop for a moment as somebody kind of walks by, deal with that breath and smell of just like, oh. Uh, fortunately, you can make all the gagging, like, gross sounds you'd like because nothing <laughs> comes up. Yeah. Um, undo two or three, and basically the the side of the tent um, kind of, you know, flows and shifts a little bit with just, you know, the, the night air. And so those are clearly open, and you know, from your perspective, you can tell that some of the light from, like, the camp the, the campfire and some of the lanterns is coming up under there and you are starting to hear some more sound and voices but without looking in not sure what's in there oh, I can't shush them because they can't hear me nope mm-hmm. yeah I was trying to get them out of here as subtly as possible which is basically like free them mm-hmm. and it's just like oh look a weird random miracle. You definitely didn't see anyone here. Mm-hmm. Make a run for it. But they can't hear me. Mm-mm. Now they can't hear you and the sounds you immediately make, but there may be little loopholes around that. A silent figure Just on Hold the flap open for them. There's that. Um, yeah, I was gonna like sort of wave the tent flap, like make it clearly mm-hmm. open. Try to draw their attention and like. I mean, this is them might be like tied up. Right. Right now, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. Um. Can I try to look in now that there's a bit more light coming in? Yeah. Uh. Question: Are you going back around to that front, or is this uh, going to lay down and kind of look under? Uh, I'm going to like lay down and look under this cool. side I've opened. So yeah, which gets awkward and like at this point you have to let go of Rilla's hand, which shifts to like she's. Kneeling down, got her hand on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And this this careful coordination of we can't lose each other. Um, But yeah, you lift the tent up and you can see there is a legitimate cage. Um, The the kind of thing that one might see at, I mean, 1846 circus, you know, with animals within or, you know, uh, something like that. Big, heavy cage. And inside are six battered and beaten um, villagers, you know, you know, stereotypical NPC villager type folks, you know, clothes are beaten up and, and rumpled. Nobody looks cut up or, or, you know, heavily, you know, mutilation kind of stuff, but some have some good bruises. There's a bloody lip here, black eye there. Um, minimal stuff that you can actually tell in the in the light but yeah there is definitely some light coming in and there is one person that you well catch eyes with they obviously aren't seeing you but they're looking at the motion under there and has started to like look around and then is quietly like you know the the very classic hand over the mouth waking the person uh person next to them and they start to look up and looking from your perspective, you can see that the cage is five sided. <laughs> um, it's clearly just sitting on the dirt, um, but it is a big, heavy cage. Um, and then a, 
you know, locked door. Um, as the one guy that you are looking at has woken a friend, you can see there's no manacles or cuffs or anything like that. They're just stuck in this small kind of cramped-ish cage um, and have no immediate way to get out of it. What does the lock look like? Um, I think you're talking about ye classic big iron padlock. Kind of you can pick with a finger if they're small enough. Potentially. Yeah, I don't have any skills for picking locks, really. You don't have any, un you don't have a penalty, though. That's true. I could try to pick it. Yep. It would just be like, just a dex roll, I guess. It would be dex, um, and then potentially plus three. Plus three if you put willpower into it. Mm-hmm. Fools rush in, kids. Don't leave home yep. without it. You got plus uh, five potency, though, right? Plus three. Oh, okay. Because it's a duration spell. Oh, that's right, yeah. Alright, so... Yeah, I'm gonna try to... Because I don't want to, like, leave Rilla, but at this point I feel like we kind of do need to separate. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm just gonna kind of, like, grab her hand and squeeze it, like, reassuringly, mm-hmm. and then let go, and go, like, <laughs> under this tent. There, there, you definitely get, like, because I imagine you kind of army crawl beneath, yeah. and you feel hands on your back, shoulders, butt, mm-hmm. foot, foot, and, like, the hand follows you under, and then just, like, no touch, and... Yeah, I'm gonna, like, try to, like... Hold her hand on the tent flaps and like hold this down. Oh, okay. Don't let it yeah, be like obvious. Right that, here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go in there and I guess I guess I could try to pick it with my needle. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get in fool's rush in. You happen to have a thing, right? Yeah, you know. Just had a, a hairpin or something that I could use. <laughs> Bobby and There's then, also know. a spell in science and sorcery that does exactly this. Yeah, you know the, the Mary Poppins bag kind of spell. It's so good. Yeah, he, but yeah. he's on an object. Just pull so. out whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Yeah. Dex plus three for Fool's Russian plus three for Willpower. I like that. Alright. There's going to be, what, eight dice for you? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay, so that is your first uh, progress along. Uh, picking a lock is a extended task. Uh, this, however, is a really basic lock and only needs three. Um, so, yes, absolutely within those first couple seconds. And as Craig was alluding to, really, this isn't a complicated key. There's basically one thing in there. One, one pin. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly it. And so it just takes a little bit of force and it snaps and it's loud, especially considering how quiet you have been. And it just unlatches and you get six sets of eyes turning towards that door suddenly. And you definitely hear this whispered. Did did that? Did the padlock? Did the padlock break? And your very hushed, intense whispers is somebody kind of 
Comes yeah, I'm up going to, to just sort of gently like put it down and back up. Well, I mean, at this point, it's just hanging, right? Yeah. Um, like and, I'm not holding anymore. So I'm saying I have backed away from oh, the door. Gotcha, yeah. And, and I'm s- going to try to go back towards the the tent flap I have loosened. Gotcha. Yeah. So as you're moving away, moving the tent flap moves again, and you know, I don't know how much uh, Giesel sees, but our view, right, has got somebody reaching around and grabbing the padlock and gives it a tug and pulls it out and tosses it to the ground and pushes the thing open. And blessedly, these are decently oiled uh, and greased hinges. There's no sudden squeak um, as it slides open and like everybody kind of gets out. And, you know, there's a couple folks who are limping and moving a little bit slow, but and and somebody starts to head towards, you know, the, the front tent. There's this, you know, <laughs> yeah. whisper, no, 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 hang on, don't do that. And I'm going to be the, like... I am scooting out the tent flap. Oh, that's true, Andy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the it's motion. It's kind of weirdly, but it's moving and they see that. Yep. Um, and moments after you come out, which, you know, brush and find Rilla's, you know, knee and okay, you know, hey, it's me. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm taking her away. It's like. Um, and, you know, one head kind of pokes out. All right, it's clear. And then crawls out and slowly you have this, you know, really ragtag bunch of people doing their best to sneak um, and just to kind of bring the scene to an end on one single die roll. Um, How do you attempt to lead them out and where do they go after? Or is this a... And Arachne says, your fate is your own, and... No, I definitely want to try to lead them away, because these don't want to, like, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could just get really weird with it. Hi, <laughs> um, this is Mage. Yeah. Sort of draw them an arrow. In the ground? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you you had the slow like, you know, group of people, and it's you know. I mean, if they want to blame ghosts, that's great. Fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't even think you get like an arrow drawn so much as like this line suddenly appe- you know starts appearing, and somebody's like, "What is that?" And <laughs> you get somebody else going, "I don't care." go uh <laughs> follow it follow it and immediately you know like your hand comes up as they tromp past you well tromp is a terrible word they they stalk past you uh they're still being sneaky because they still have patrols oh yeah people on watch yeah and they're they're definitely like they're all young to mid age you know and you know the the teen to 30-ish range. Um, Most of them look fit um, and, you know, like they'll do work kind of stuff. Um, And they kind of move, move, and then just make a not absolute screaming run, but just this and we're out um, sprint um, as they are headed out. there is a definite shout of a somebody on patrol noticing them, um, which suddenly loses the ability to speak. Just suddenly makes no sound. 
<laughs> oh shit. Screaming, yelling, and you have a tug on your hand following yeah. as this guy is loudly animating and shouting and looking at himself and like is very confused turns to like a tent and starts grabbing and like finding something starts slapping you hear that guy start to yell um but at that point six people and two invisible ladies are disappearing into into the dark okay um i want to like try to lead them to our horses so i was just gonna reach out and like sort of just like pull on a shirt it's yes, like, it's the, definitely ghosts. It's uh, ghosts. Yeah, so the you, you the two of you catch up to the the person in the rear. Unfortunately, you guys have not been beaten up and sleeping in tight confines and stuff like that. So it's fairly easy to keep up with them and start plucking at this shirt. And the first the 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 guy freaks at first and like then there's like, nothing there, right? And then turns and then there's the pull on the front of his shirt. And he, uh, hey, hey, everyone, hey, hang on, look, look, <laughs> like there's these weird tugs on his shirt. <laughs> um, we're, we're definitely going to be rolling a, a breaking point on that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and everyone's looking like, you all see this too? Just follow it, follow it. And so like, there's this awkward as like, you're having to walk backwards, you know, plucking a couple times and then they're like, follow, follow. And clearly are in that direction and then later you have to do a little adjustment so this way um yeah and basically i want to try to lead them in the direction of town um and that's going to be a couple hours um it, do you kind of like get them set in the right direction and then leave them or uh yeah because i want to be able to walk away drop the invisibility and then come back to them as like us sure so maybe not lead them directly to the horse. Um, yeah. Okay. But like in in the right direction. Gotcha. Um, cool. We'll come back to that here momentarily. Um, because <clears throat> Legba and uh, and Baba Sarah have been in Purgatory Bluff for a little bit and then moved on to where? Because mm. I don't wow. remember if we determined an end goal. Okay. No, we didn't. So, yeah, if we're doing it in vignettes, right? When we arrived in Purgatory Bluff, Legba would step in front of Babasera and open his hands and turn around, you know, point to all the things he's been doing that he's alluded to and mm -hmm. talked about in the past year. All the grooming, you know, the, the pruning, the growth of flowers, the manicuring he's done to try and encourage uh, Purgatory Bluff in the minds of people to resemble the version of it he's tried to maintain in the astral. So from here, he would say to Babasera, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but I know the path is going to take me right back here. Because this is where it starts. This is where my legacy begins. This is where I'm supposed to have a mark. And this will always be an important place for me, regardless of what I and we end up doing elsewhere in the world. If that's the case, then it doesn't really matter where you go. The journey is the important thing, right? That's right. That's right. 
So what would be a journey of meaning right now? So this is where I'm going to get into the vignette stuff. Cool. Um, and you guys, yeah, take off. Not quite aimlessly, but kind of letting your feet take you there, um, which in the Tomendos can be kind of weird, especially because, oh, my, I'm going to let my feet take you there. Cool. Welcome to Podiatry. Podiatry? Podiatry. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um there's other ways we could do them feet stuff, but that's the way I'm going to go because the internet is weird. Uh, uh, but uh, you guys, uh, we, we pick up, you know, some, uh, you know, phenomenological time uh, later with the two of you stepping into. I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe it. Well, yeah a rail station um in metropolis um oh cool uh, for those of you unfamiliar metropolis is the big temenic version of every city um every city exists here in parts in some way um and the the two of you are stepping off of a rail car you know labeled you know industry um, or pro- oh, progress, I think might be a more likely thing that you would have gotten on um, yeah. and step into Metropolis, which is an enormous city. Um, you know, Legba has had a, a peek into, uh, you know, uh, London, um, mm-hmm. you know, but this is just so much bigger um, and it just expands in all directions. There's no, at least in my head, Metropolis doesn't have you know, a landscape beyond it. It's just more city. Uh, you know, there might be a park, but it's not landscape. It's not wilderness. And the two of you kind of step out into this place, which is just absolutely full of hustle and bustle, especially when you compare it to Purgatory Bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, stepping off of a train called Progress uh, with a conductor, you know, telling you all to, you know, mind your manners in Metropolis. It's a, you know, be a dangerous place tips his hat to you uh both uh and especially a train and you know travel and such like that is you know respects legba uh if not necessarily recognizing exactly who legba is um and you guys step into metropolis grand central station um grand central station be around in 1846 it's grand central terminal thank you we all just call it grand central station Mm mm-hmm but, but yeah, let's see. When was it built? I don't know. I mean, it's very old, and pretty. Yeah, let me see. Nineteen thirteen. Oh yeah, we're a little That's early. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, definitely stepping off of the, you know, on, well, onto Ooh, the platform. I have platform. a good suggestion, real quick. Perhaps it has persisted in the Temenos for a long time prior to it being constructed in New York City. So we think <laughs> as, of as it... As the thing? Yeah, we think of it as like the, the perfect representation of a train terminal. And the reason why it was constructed that way is because that's what we thought was the perfect representation of a train terminal. I love terminal. it. Yeah, so, right, somewhere cool. it's some, you know, it's the, the accumulation of a bunch of engineers and architects and nerds who yeah. are like, you know, it'd be really cool. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Yeah, even trains are pretty new at this point. Yeah, that's why the, the train itself is progress. Um, um, yeah, so wandering through, you know, this meandering place that has trains leaving off to everything tied to civilization. Um, mm. And yeah, there's a lot of push and shove people and entities of all sorts of, you know, varieties. You have things that look like people, uh, but then you definitely have some things that are definitely not people. Uh, mm. You see some uh, what look like soldiers uh, that are absolutely faceless in the fact that it's just like a, a mannequin face um, mm. marching in uh, columns through the, the Grand Central Terminal towards another train. Um, you have other figures that are clearly things out of nightmares um, that are moving in like a family group. Um, and these, not necessarily anachronistic, but things that you would not see in uh, an actual train terminal. Mm. But definitely a, a look into the things that exist in the Temenos, because I don't know that Legba has actually traveled the Temenos too much beyond Purgatory Bluff. He's done a bunch, okay. um, but it's been pieces here and there, um, like gone to the crossroads. He's usually done it by navigating into the Temenos and then going to the crossroads, right? Mm -hmm. Like that representation of the crossroads where he met Legba the first time and then taking different paths from there. But this is the first time he's gone on a, a journey based on that connected symbolism without using Legba as the focus of it. Gotcha. And then for Theo, this is the first time, well, Bob, Sarah, first time you've been into the Temenos, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so lots of wild shit, which, you know, in contrast to your own self, it's like, oh, okay, that, you know, there's stuff like this everywhere. Notably, here within the station, uh, and because you have um, Death Site up, and because you have uh, Soul Marks, amongst all these weird representations of normal, ordinary people, there are people like yourselves walking about. Uh, oh. People that you immediately recognize as mages because you were able to see their souls. Uh, and recognize that they are awakened. Uh, yeah. And similar to you, like, I think there's, you know, one one gentleman who looks like the perfect, like, London noble, uh, you know, probably has a similar hat to Legba, walks mm -hmm. with, with a cane, <laughs> right? And looks at you and gives gives a nod of like, ah, yes, a, mel a, a fellow man of taste, right? <laughs> so just to clarify, like, a crowd of five people come through and then that's just an, a representation, that's a representation. That's an actual person. Mm -hmm. is it? That is okay. that is another mage because without a doubt you can recognize, you know, they are awakened because I'm going to give you that one for free mm -hmm. as with soul marks, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, this has been amazing to both of us. You would like <laughs> grab onto like bizarre. And we're not alone here. I've been told that would be the case at some point. But I find myself similarly apprehensive as you to confront the reality of this experience. But also excited at the same time. Yes. Are, are they all going to be 
like the folks you found in London, or are they all going to be like the folks who came to Purgatory Bluff, or are they all going to be like us? I don't know. Or some mixture of them. I suspect exactly that. Some will be dangerous, some could be useful allies, but all deserve at least a little bit of scrutiny and care when we engage them. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you guys are walking, there's definitely, because this is the central terminal of Metropolis, and all roads lead out from here, save for the roads you can actually walk. Uh, but this is the way everybody wants to travel, um, mm. because this has direct lines to so many things that branch off from civilization and cities. Uh, um, and there's right. a definite, like, as you guys are talking and kind of looking at people, and admittedly kind of have a tourist kind of vibe to the two of you yeah, like we're, we're new here, here. Um, mm-hmm. you can definitely watch as you know these two mages like move towards each other with like some serious intent uh, um, and like come up and begin yelling shouting at each other there's some swings like you watch a mage fist fight break out in grand central terminal which is oh yeah a couple little like blows are thrown you can see they're not trying to cast magic and Mm -hmm. it is definitely more of a um it's more of an arm wrestling match than an actual fight in terms of like what you've seen in uh within the temenos um, and there's that initial push and shove and you're kind of feeling out, are we, are we really going to actually fight right here? And then you see Amnion for the first time and you watch, Ooh. you know, one of these guys who looks, you know, his, his astral form looks like a very classic, like learned wizard. He's got robes that are just wonderfully embroidered and stuff like that. And suddenly has a knight's plate armor just emerge glowing and shining and stuff like that and draws his sword back and the other the other man looks at him like okay okay and like goetic nobodies spread and there's a sudden you know ring of just like we're not getting in the middle of this and this other <laughs> right um, <laughs> actually very specifically yeah the other guy steps into a clear like martial arts well i don't know for you two if it'd be clear but for us very clearly some kind of martial arts stance and where the amnion for the other was actual visible armor this guy seems to gain like this kind of shrouding moving mist and smoke and wind to them um uh, and actually we'll, we'll throw in the dnd esque mirror image of just all these selves moving. And yeah, it's just like, we're just going to stand here and watch this (laughs) shit for a minute. Um, As they they throw punches and, and, uh, you know, uh, feints and tacks. And it's very, it's very clearly the, the like, we're not willing to escalate. We're going to take a couple hits at each other. And eventually they both back up and you can hear something shouted at each other, but just do the nature of, all the sound because I didn't write anything. Um, they kind of draw back from each other and it's a very clearly, I'm not turning my back on you. I'm not turning my back on you. And they just kind of back up, back up the Amnion drops and then they kind of go separate ways, you know, so clearly there's some, there's some shit going on now. What their particular, you know, alignments and, uh, what are you going to say? Uh, factions maybe, you're unsure unless you decide to follow one of them um, or continue on your own journeys. 
Mm. I'm so curious. Yeah, Bob Sarah take uh, like his lead on that. Hmm. Well, it's the journey that matters, right? Not the destination. Indeed. <laughs> and this attracts our attention. <laughs> then I think we should at least pursue it for a short while. All right. Which of the two? Um, the smoke and mirrors one. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. So, like, you have this. this <laughs> I hate see it, Chris. You have chosen poorly. The night school. The you know the moment of like the conversation back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll follow that. Shoot <laughs> and like quickly. You know, you you make the the, the scramble of mm-hmm. try and chase after this person. Um, out from the terminal in into Metropolis itself, which is bustling streets, you know, horse-drawn carriages, um, you know, just the the very classic, uh, you know, busy city kind of stuff. Yeah. But fortunately, you know, this figure who's, um, let's see here, I have a handy dandy little random name, uh, random generator here. It's, it's yeah. the best thing. It's not just names. It gives me. A little bit of extra magey stuff. I mean, no, not a mortal. There we go. Oh, that's a terrible name, and I'm not using that. Um, but yes, <laughs> I, it's a terrible name. Uh, here, let me give it to. Uh, let me give it to just you guys at least, so you can see. Like this is. I don't use this for name generators. Just no, <laughs> no. Um, but Share yeah. Name. Uh, but yeah, uh, and actually because the generator gives me an appearance that works perfectly for this. Yeah. This kind of smaller brunette woman, um, mm. you know, while probably would blend into any other crowd, especially just for her stature, but between soul marks and the fact that, you know, you, she stands out as a person versus the goetic nobodies, even, you know, compared to just the goetic entities. Hello, Barley. <laughs> um, you can follow her. Um, now, here's the question. Are you following to catch up or just following where she goes? To catch up. Okay. It would be rude to do otherwise. Okay. And especially, you know, as Legba, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you so, got to be engaging people. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, the, the quick step, you know... Uh, faster pace walk um, and you guys aren't attempting to conceal yourselves in this attempt either okay cool Um, so yeah following 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 getting closer and there clearly something tips off Uh, it could be peripheral mage sight it could be something Mm -hmm. but suddenly she stops and just whirls and Mm -hmm. drops into that same stance and then kind of, you know, brings, right, the hands come up, um, and brings yourself, recognizing you are not the the, the man that she'd been feuding mm-hmm. with, and looks you both up and down, and like, obviously, you know, Baba Sarah is this race, Legba is Legba, this is not a pair that travels together normally, um, <laughs> yeah. and she says something in a language that you do not understand. Okay. Uh, in high speech, I doff my hat, and I say, Madam, I presume, you can call me Legba. We are new here, 
and would hope to benefit from your generosity. In more halting high speech than you speak, but probably about where, you know, uh, Theo, you're you're comfortable uh, with, you know, basically uh, the, the woman says generosity. What generosity? Perhaps an answer to relatively simple questions. Knowledge we lack because of particular circumstances. I would be happy to provide knowledge in exchange. That that gets her, you know, approval. And she's, she nods and says, let's find somewhere to sit and talk then. Uh, very halting high speech um, and leads away. Um, and we kind of cut our vignette here. Um, as you guys have a little chit chat and exchange and basically what kind of questions are you asking her? So the first question is, um, are disputes between mages? This is a naive question mm-hmm. that is entirely in character. <laughs> sure. <laughs> are disputes between mages um, a common thing in Metropolis? Yeah, within Metropolis, de- depends on who you are and how often you're here. Um, she, mm. she herself, um, though she does not give her name, um, especially <laughs> Legba knows how powerful that could be. Um, mm-hmm you know uh she she is here frequently and so is that asshole um mm. and because of that and because they're uh they are at odds with each other in in long-term goals uh, but neither is quite willing to extend it out to a dual arcane um mm. and any fight here really is just an irritant um you can't really do something beyond send somebody packing and it won't leave any permanent. So what's the point? Um, Mm -hmm. And there is the risk of, you know, you yourself being sent back and then now you're the one annoyed. So it's just, you know, (laughs) like there is a blush on her face. Yeah, it's 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 honestly it's a little bit petty, but every time I see him, I just have to punch him. Mm. (laughs) Legba will turn to Babasera if she'd like to ask the next question. He has a bunch of others as well. Um, I think Officer is a little overwhelmed by the whole experience and just still processing. Okay. So you look to Officer and just shakes your head. The silent wraith. Right. <laughs> cool. Just trying to be polite. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Legba's next question is... Hmm. Oh, yeah. The allegiances that we have in the fallen world. Oh, you have a question? No, no. She's presenting Layla. And goodbye, Layla. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, The allegiances that we have in the fallen world. Are we subject to them here as well? Potentially. They have connections and, you know, draws. And if somebody recognizes you, but, you know, kind of motions actually at the two of you as perfect examples or actually Baba Sarah specifically and says not everybody looks the way they look in reality here you see the 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 form uh, that they're I think she basically says that your nimbus you know this is your nimbus uh, and it's truest form which mm, 
is it? But that's, you know, that's her perspective mm. on it. Yeah. Chris gives All lots right. of nods. <laughs> this place seems solid and resolute in that it might be a consequence of many thoughts about a place like it. And I'm curious if this place can be altered and therefore could influence people's thoughts. Mm, this place specifically? No. Metropolis is more of a record of, of thoughts and conversation more than something that's actively living. A record? Of sorts. A, um, um, and has, has the term Akashic come up yet in reality? I don't know. Do, 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 do. 1831 uh yeah okay yeah so he he may actually uh she may throw out the the term of akashic uh record you know wherein everything you know is recorded and she's like this is this is where cities live this is where cities live does that mean then that if there is knowledge stored in cities that would otherwise be hard for you to find, that you might be able to find its representation here in Metropolis. Potentially, if any two minds have ever spoken of a thing, it exists somewhere in the Temenos. Now, how easy it is to find, how long you may have to dig, that's the, the real question. And uh, I imagine that includes, and he turns halfway to Babasera, while he asks this question, he says, I imagine that might include information about perhaps an atrocity that was committed against someone. If two people spoke of it. I see. It is the reason the Temenos is so important. As one could also it... find that information and destroy it. Oh. And if it is never spoken again, then it is gone. I have other questions, but I'll stop here so that I can satisfy my commitment to this exchange. I can offer something, or you can ask me a question. She's, she actually really thinks hard on that. It's like, hmm, do I take what's offered or do I ask? Um, and considering, like, she's like, you know, I've given you, you know, page 101 stuff. She's like, sure. What do you offer to me? I offer you a choice between the identity of a very strange um, space, representation, being, conglomeration of minds that touches on our world and is known to very little, or I offer you a favor. <laughs> Considering I may never see you again, tell me about this space. sleeper researchers called it the astrovoidal and then Legba describes it in some detail the important things that he says so I'll say you know there's lots of stuff but the, the things that he says in person he says uh, it, it seems as a manifestation of heartache uh, causing pain suffering and sorrow and wherever it touches somewhere it attempts to live out its destiny through the minds in this conglomeration 
to evoke these things. I believe that there are events that will happen in the future of the place that we are from and places everywhere else in the world that will be caused directly or at least strongly encouraged by this space, by this astrovoidal. You tell me this because... I mention this because if you are looking up at the stars at one point and you recognize something that looks like an obscurement passing through, I would be very wary of the future of that space you're in. If you notice this void touching on a place that is dear to you, it is extremely likely that something horrible will happen to someone you may care about nearby. I love the little mage PSA that Legba's putting up here. No, I love that. Um, and she she nods, um, and being the fact that you're in you're speaking in high speech, it's hard to lie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, possible, but um, and she nods. It's possible for him. Yeah. Uh, and she nods and says, okay, thank you for that. I don't know if it will ever affect my life, but, and I hope not, it will be an interesting warning. You can see her, her mind kind of turning it as, as she thinks it over. Knowledge is also has value, even if not to you directly. So it might be something you could trade in exchange for something else. Yeah, and you can see she's already like thinking that through. It's like, hmm, I know some majors that may, you know, obsess over this. So, um, cool. Yeah, and so you guys eventually part ways um, and you guys continue on into Metropolis. Um, cool. Okay. Um, uh, do you guys have a specific... Uh, place in mind next that you think you are headed um we won't actually do a scene there we'll do a scene a couple stops off from that but i'm curious sure i'll wait if craig has a suggestion i have something small in mind oh okay cool uh i imagine what would happen for Legba at this point is uh he's knows he's gonna have to come back to metropolis mm-hmm. right so he's like okay I'm, i could obsess about this place forever right i could dehydrate i could die right um, that's one reason why he's, you know, has mm-hmm. up one mind, two thoughts, and he's, this is going to be a part of his legacy, right? Paying attention to things. So he doesn't get lost. So he leaves, and um, he thinks the next step from having made a positive connection in an unexpected place is um, being willing to experience a negative connection in a place he knows. So he went from Purgatory Bluff, where there's a lot of hope. He goes from there, and he goes to Metropolis. And he's like, oh, this is great. That's right. The outside world is full of new opportunities if you're assiduous about them. You can't avoid the negative things, right? Even though you're trying to live a new life, that stuff will always be in association with you. Because as she just said, at least two people thought about it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to try and go to Haiti. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah, uh, specifically a representation like here within metropolis of a city or uh more of like it could be that whatever makes sense to you right the the things he's thinking of is just being open to a negative experience gotcha okay um 
we do jump over here to Gisela, um, who, after having set them on their path, um, sneak off with Rilla to the horse um, and then play a little catch up um, to them in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, and, well, actually, yeah. Now they think about it, yeah, they do continue on because they're just like, we're going to keep walking because we got to get away from this place. Um, so of note, do I imagine you guys packed some kind of lamp or lantern or something like that? Yeah. Um, so coming up behind them, you know, and with plenty of warning because you are carrying this lamp as you walk through the the night, the the six of them turn around and at this point you've totally figured out their names because they totally have names. Uh, and, uh, but regardless, they, they start to slow and kind of tug at it. You, you all see that. And like, as you come closer, um, like you can see that they've kind of hunched down and they found little places to kind of find and seek cover, but you've got like pinpoint, uh, you know where they're at. Um, and, as you are clearly about to discover them, right? Um, they they kind of come out, say, "Hey, hey, hey! It's okay, it's okay. We're not, we're not, we're not going to do anything. Um, we're we're kind of uh, down on our luck." Um, and you know, from your perspective, oh yeah, uh, beaten up, you know, wounded. Yeah. You know, one guy's you know had been doing this entire walk with a serious limp, and Rilla bless her heart, does the best stage young lady from the yes. city. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's, you know, the horse shimmies, you know, and, you know, the, the guys immediately feel just absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, OK. Um, where did you all? come from? Sorry, this is me thinking if they all... Yeah, they've all come from the, the same place. Um, definitely not down to, like, literally down to what we think of as Mexico, south of uh, the, the Rio Grande, but down into Mexico, Texas um, area. They're well out of where they had been um, and you know, the you know, kind of spokesperson explains, you know, these guys, you know, found us uh, in a work camp um, alongside the 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 U.S. Army um, and basically grabbed us, grabbed some other stuff. And they were taking us. I don't know where don't quite know what for, but Providence got us out of there tonight and uh, we're. We're literally looking for any place um, and, you know, and one of them says, do you, do you have any food or water there? Um, there's some water. Um, we haven't really had much luck on our hunts, so not much in the way of food beyond just our rations for a couple of days. Um, we aren't far away from uh, the little town we live in, though. And if you're good workers, we could always use more. 
We have farms. We have mines. Uh, a couple of them are like, no, no, I, I just want to go home. Uh, I mean, that could probably be arranged, too. I'm not sure. Again, where or how we can get you there. <laughs> There's a river. Yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, and. It's definitely one of those. Yep, they might have a a, a long journey at the, the long journey home. Um, no, was it homeward bound? That's the one. Um, but uh, you know, you know, they they they're willing. You know, it's just you know, if nothing else, like you know, I can work and you know, yeah, 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 yeah. We we can work. We can we can earn our stay, and you know, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get home if if we have at least a safe place to to stay. And like that's one of them says, wait. Like the two of you uh, hunting? Why are you out so late in the dark? <laughs> I mean, we were. It was a long hunting trip. Like, and you, there, there's some eyes back and forth amongst themselves. Like, this story kind of sucks, but <laughs> we're not going to really ask any questions. Um, they're, they're like eyeing the two of you up. It's like, yes, two women and a horse just randomly walking through the, the wilderness in the middle of the night. Headed well, I mean, we have all of the supplies. We sure. Need. It's just, it's the, like, in the, you know, at this point now, you're at the witching hour, you know, mm-hmm. 2, 3 a.m. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay. Um, and, yeah, so the the you know canteens that you guys have you know they pass around and like can definitely tell these guys are on the edge of dehydration uh they aren't like completely starved uh but they definitely weren't being given a lot of food or water just to make them manageable um but they they sit and you know have a you know a little bit of a conversation with you and then you know look about and say you know so about how far out now are we from where'd you say you're from uh purgatory bluff <laughs> they, they laugh at like oh great we're we're leaving hell and we're heading to purgatory guys and like there's some elbows <laughs> and some laughs we're, we're heading up improvement. yeah we're <laughs> heading up um yeah we're maybe four hours walk like there there's there's these soft groans and they they range in 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 sound, some from like we're only four hours. Oh god, it's four hours. Uh, but uh, they they you know you know pass around. There's there's some conversation and and talking with you, and they're like, so are you are you carrying on to Purgatory Bluff now, or because they're looking like you don't. What well, did you pack a tent, or is it just gonna be we're gonna bundle up? It on was the like stars? um, not a tent. It would have been like. Uh, like bedrolls to sleep on to put beside a campfire right. or something, but it's like, well, you know, if uh, you know, one of the guys says, "Listen, if I can b- borrow a bedroll for like three hours, like I will, I will work as long as you need me to. I just don't want to sleep on the earth again." You know, there's there's some conversation and back and forth, and uh, unless you're like aiming to push on through the night. You guys set up a little camp there. Now these guys seem exhausted. Right. Uh, and on the one hand, it was like, this is a camp with a bunch of strange men we just found. It's like, they <laughs> seem all right. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, you do not get any immediate creep vibes from anybody, which everybody knows that's not really accurate. But uh, yes, they are 
super tired and super worn out. And you and Rilla could like at this point, because you're, you're probably going to not get your willpower, but you had a really long nap earlier while you're waiting for the sun to go down. So sleep wise, you guys are probably good until dawn and it's going to make for a long day tomorrow, but the two of you could stay awake all night without, and especially if you two alternate. So depending on how, what kind of safety and stuff like that, um, and what kind of concern you might have about somebody following. That's my other worry is like, how, how far away do you think is safe? Like, I mean, yeah, at this point you've been gone for several hours. Um, you know, and pushing on and that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that you're able to catch up is at this point, they're out of juice. Now, back at the camp, there's a bunch of horses. So if they wanted to chase you, but they're probably not going to ride out fast in the night. So it may be more of a they leave at dawn. And this is definitely one of those choose your own adventure. You know, how's this? Yeah, I think keeping walking is the best idea. Um, If like the guy with the messed up leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like it's bruised more than like broken, but. but yeah, like if someone feels like they are too exhausted to walk, I've got like a workhorse here. I can probably carry two of you. Right. Uh, yeah. And so there's there's a, a quick conversation and um, there's a bit of bit of chivalry and gentlemanry of like, oh, no, you sh- you all should take a turn on the horse, which I think for you and Rilla, especially like, listen, we're fine. We're you fine. guys are wounded. <laughs> And so, yeah, the 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 workhorse gets, you know, especially has been sitting around and not been doing much while you were sleeping and napping anyways. And so, yeah, you guys plod on and there's plenty of grumbling and complaining, but you have a good point. And if it's not far now. Um, yeah, if we can get to town, you'll be safe. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so with our 20 minutes left, this is perfect. Um, Chris, um, after you guys, you know, little dinner with Jules, go to sleep, uh, the next morning, um, yeah, some, you know, boys who are running about, you know, you know, start shouting about people coming up from, you know, down near the river. Um, and yeah, it's not, nobody brings it to Sheriff Isabel immediately, um until it's like oh wait there's clearly you know like a you know it's a bunch of people because it's you know it's eight people and a horse and hey i think that's is that gisela and and rilla and you know you have mama bauer coming out and they weren't supposed (laughs) they were supposed to be gone for what is going on and like you know skirts up (laughs) she's about to trump out there and figure out what's going on Uh, yeah, Isla, uh, Isabel makes her way uh, pompous is not the right word, but like with an air of authority. Gotcha. Question. Through the crowd. Is, do, you, do you get the horse and go out and meet them? Or is this more of a like once once they get closer to town? How far away are they being spotted? I mean, a not terrible distance, but you know the because it's we're talking you know fairly wide wide open space. So okay, if you so if if I hear of it at a point where it's just like there's some people coming versus when it's close enough to is that is is that Gisela 
Oh, that's fair. I yeah, that's true. Being able to recognize. There, yeah. Right. So yeah, at that point, yeah, they're getting close enough that they're recognizable. That's true. <laughs> yeah. As Perry says in chat, someone has a spyglass for some reason. Uh, possibly, but yeah, I don't think we're quite to the town has a lookout um, kind of concern. But yeah, so I, I guess at this point, yeah, at it, this point they're walking into town because close enough right. to recognize Gisela and, and Rilla. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So at that point, it's like with this air of authority of like come on now folks it's just we've had visitors before everyone just keep your manners keep calm mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll get through this yeah and you guys yeah and figure out what's going on uh, and you know Gisela and, and Rilla you know very clearly you know tired and been walking a while the six guys behind are wounded and beaten mm -hmm. and injured which is the next thing that people start to notice and like there's a movement Gisela, of, what did you do <laughs> yeah well it's, it's more of you know somebody shouting for you know get the barber uh yeah you know, hey some of these you know th you know these guys don't look great um you know and there's a couple mothers that. who are like ready to go out and and mother the hell out of some men um but then like pause and kind of look back at isabel yeah i would be like yelling at random passersby for food and water at least okay yeah, and Isabel's just like, bring them on up to the tavern. We've got some, some extra room for everyone to have some breathing room up there. And, um, yeah, rides down. Or I guess, yeah, sorry. Didn't didn't have a horse, mm -hmm. right? We established that. Uh, Zoe walks down and um, just sort of without <laughs> without needing to know how this happened from Isa, from uh, Gisela and Rilla, because I'm sure I'll find that out later. Um, just like greeting the, the gentleman and- Kind of managing the uh, crowd. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Cool. Making sure they don't get mobbed for like, you know, what's what's going on? What, you, what happened to y'all? That gotcha. kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we're gonna jump back over because we'll figure out where uh, Legba and Baba Cerami uh, join in here. Um, Momentarily, except uh, Ralph, um, are you there? Ralph is having a he lost Ralph's power. Says power power oh, oh no, his image just froze completely. Yeah, like I was that. like, wait a second. Uh, so yeah, Ralph had a little technical difficulty, so we're just gonna pause here, um, and kind of wrap up uh, tonight's episode. Uh, that way we can figure out how they ended in the astral and uh, figure out where they show up when the the visitors show up. Um, so thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, as always, it is a blast to have you along with us. Um, if you want to support us, uh, that's patreon.com slash occultist anonymous, um, or staylucky.club. And, uh, if you want to join our conversation, hang out, talk about past episodes. If you're just watching this on YouTube and want to give us your two cents, please post comments. Feel free. I see them. I think you guys check on them occasionally. Um, but uh, Discord is the place to, to come and chat uh, because we're here and we're live and you can at us um, and, you know, we can talk about why our characters did this, that or the other, or, you know, Drew, what's it like to be a squirrel in traffic? Uh, thank you, Craig. That's slowly becoming part of my like normal lexicon. Uh, and that is www.yeetinto.space. Uh, there's a weird Discord link, but that's hard to do. So we use these cool hyperlink thing 
URL things that Perry hooked us up with. Thanks again, Perry. Um, and a uh, quick shout out to Gehenna Gaming and PAX Unplugged. I will be up there um, second week of December doing some cool stuff. If you happen to be up there, please come say hi. Uh, I'll be the nerd who is packing only OA t-shirts. Um, so it will be OA or The Rookery or um, uh, Into the West. <laughs> um, so I'll be hanging out and running some games and hanging out with some stuff and getting to actually play some stuff. It'll be it'll be fun. Uh, so if you happen to be up there, do let me know. Um, because I, you know, if nothing, we can do a high five or whatever. Um, I think there are still tickets available and it is a fully vaccinated and masked event. So it should be hella safe. Um, that's it for me. Um, I guess that's it for us. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.